I want to turn your attention to us to this passage of scripture again. I've been preaching from this is the sixth week uh, in my series. Think like Jesus. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. It says this, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges or discerns all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we, read it with me, we have the mind of Christ. Can you imagine that? We have that. So, Father, thank you for that gift that resonates within us through the Holy Spirit that gift of the mind of Christ. And Lord, we want to steward it. We want to enjoy it. We want to live our life thinking the way Jesus thought about everything. So thank you that we can do that. You empower us to do that. And I thank you, Lord, for those who are just catching the tail end of this series, that they can they can go back to our YouTube channel, or our website, get all the archives. It's going to bless them, I know. So thank you, Jesus, for what you are saying, what you're speaking. Thank you for speaking this series into my heart. I give you honor and praise for it all. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we've learned some very important, very life-transforming things about our topic, Think Like Jesus. And so let me just review real quickly our first lesson. Like Jesus, you have the indwelling Spirit of God. If you are born again, if you've received Christ into your heart, that is the Spirit of God into your life. The indwelling Spirit of God is empowering your life and your thought life. You do not have to succumb to all the pain of the past, bad memories, all of that. And we showed you how that the Lord, uh, in that first lesson, how he transforms our thought life. Secondly, like Jesus, we learn you can view your life from the Father's perspective. And this is very important because uh, if we are viewing it from our perspective only, it gets a little cloudy. We, you know, we're wading into the problems and we're not seeing our lives, uh, the big perspective that the Father wants us to see our lives through. And we see this when Jesus was baptized. Remember when he was baptized? The Bible says that heaven opened over him, the Spirit of God came upon him, and the Father's approving voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that is exactly how the father wants you to view your life. I know you say, well, Pastor Randy, you don't know all my failures. Well, the father does. And he cleanses you through the son's blood and he washes you and heaven is open unto you. Say it with me. Heaven is open to me. The spirit is empowering me. The father approves of me. Amen. Remember, it's by grace through faith. That's not by works. Yes, we want to improve. Yes, we want to grow. The third thing that we learn, like Jesus, you too are blessed with the assurance that the Father is working all things together for your good and his glory. Hallelujah. We talked about Romans eight twenty eight, and you can go back and you can take a look at that. But it's very, very powerful to have that mindset. That was the mind of Christ. Like Jesus, you too can think about the lost. 
You don't have to be consumed only with yourself, but you can think about the lost and seek them out and help them find their way to God. This is what Jesus did. Jesus was very busy. I mean, there was a lot of things that he was consumed with, but his main purpose was to seek and to save the lost. And you go back in the archives and take a listen to that. Also, we have a podcast that you, you can uh, listen to all the sermons as you travel back and forth. On any podcast uh, platform, you can find it. Like Jesus, last week, we talked about that you too uh, can uh, think about the sick, the afflicted. You know, some people say, well, Pastor Randy, I'm really, I'm, I'm in a lot of depression or whatever. I understand that. The Lord's going to deliver you. Somebody say amen. But he wants you to lift your thoughts to other people around you and seek the sick and the oppressed around you and seek to see them healed. By the way, all of my notes are on the back table. Uh, there's fill in the blanks. There's three ring binders for you to take home and bring back every time you gather here so you can learn and grow in your spiritual life. But today I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. In this series, Think Like Jesus, I want to turn your attention to a powerful passage of Scripture, just one verse in Psalm 139, verse 17, and I want you to read it out loud with me. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. And so in this series on Think Like Jesus, you have to understand this fifth principle that the Lord wants to bring to your attention today, and that is this. Jesus thought about his friends. Jesus thought about his disciples, and he sought to encourage them and comfort them. And I love this about God. This was what Tara was singing about. This is what I was saying, how God just loves to connect things so that many times there's like themes that he births in this place during worship or in prayer time or in the word, and he just connects it all so that we can fully understand and grasp that he is saying this to us. Jesus thought about his friends and his disciples, and he sought to encourage them and comfort them. Did you know that Jesus thinks about you. He thinks about everybody in the world. How does he have time for me? Well, he's God. And his, his thoughts are infinite. And he is everywhere at all times because he is omnipresent. Somebody say amen. And we see this about him. And he remembers you. Look at your neighbor say he remembers you. He remembers you. You are his friend. Say, how am I his friend? How am I his friend? You're his friend. And if you have any doubt about it, listen to these words of Jesus. This isn't up on the screen, but I just, I just added this this morning. In John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no man than this, than one who lays down his life for his friend. And Jesus laid down his life for every single human being in the world. He, every single one, he desires to call friend, but, and he does. But it's our response that connects us with him. 
If I am spurning the friendship, then the connection doesn't happen. But if I accept the friendship, if I accept the invitation that he calls me his friend, his friend, if I, if I respond that way, that God the Father, he calls me his friend, not just his son, but his friend, then I stand a chance at gaining the, the empowerment and the mindset and the thoughts of Almighty God toward me. See, the Lord not only thinks about empowering us over sin, making us victorious in our battles over temptation, over the problems of our life, triumphant in every way. He's always causing us to triumph in Christ. But he thinks about ways to comfort you, to bring encouragement to you at your deepest level of need where nobody else sees things that you need on the inside that you're not asking people for. You're hoping that you get it in in some cases from others, but he sees the deep need and his thoughts toward you should comfort you concerning those deep needs. Psalm 139 tells us, How precious also are your thoughts. It's what I read just a moment ago. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. They're immeasurable. You know, we don't think about ourselves in this way. How is my heart going to beat? How is my blood going to circulate? How is my brain? But God is thinking about all of those things. How great, how immeasurable. How detailed, how intimate is his thoughts? How great is the sum of the thoughts of God toward you and me? This is what Jesus lived in. This was what made him powerful. This was what made him bow up against the persecution and the rejection because he knew no matter what man thought of him, the Father approved of him. Somebody say amen. Jesus considers all that you're facing. He knows what's going on at work, what's happening with your neighbor, or what's happening in your marriage. He knows what's going on in your spirit and what's happening in your life. He knows what you're facing, what you're enduring, what you're struggling with. As a young mom, what you're struggling with. You know, I know young moms, and it's tough being a young mom. I mean, It's really, really hard being a young mom, a young dad. I love these young parents who are saying, you know what, I'm going to raise my kids right. I'm going to do the right thing. It's hard to be a dad sometimes when you're brand new at it. You don't know what you're doing. Remember those days? Well, the Lord knows how to bring you through. Or an employee with a harsh employer, or you're an employer with, you know, all kinds of problems and burdens. The Lord considers those things. He looks at those things. In this very sermon on the mount, his very first sermon on the mount, Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Do not worry. Your heavenly Father already knows your need before you even ask it. Do you think about your father that way? That's the way I think. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to face, but you're already out in front. Somebody say amen. You're my rear guard. In other words, your heavenly father is always thinking about you. 
And you say, well, that's self-centered, isn't it? No, 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 no. Because there's keys that you hold that he knows that if you get discouraged, certain things are not going to happen. So he is going to encourage you. Somebody say amen. The father is always thinking about you. He's always thinking about helping you. Now, you know, if you fall down, you mess up, he's just going to pick you up, brush you off, right? Keep you going. He's here to answer you. He's thinking about answering you. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but it's going to happen. He is going to answer because he's always thinking about how to make it good for his children. Isn't that the way I think about my children, my grandchildren? You better believe it. How much more is your heavenly father thinking about you? This is the way Jesus thought. This is what he lived with. This is how he worked in his ministry and, and kept on the path of doing what he was destined to do. He knows if you need healing or comfort, encouragement, all the deepest level needs of, of affirmation and, and vindication and the things on the inside. He knows the loneliness sometimes. Isaiah wrote this great promise. It's just amazing. Listen to this. He said, and this was God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. It says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you, he says. See, it's almost like God is saying, see, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. This is, the, this is part of the sums of the, the thoughts of God, the innumerable thoughts of God. I, you know, to inscribe you on his hand. Jesus thinks about his friends. He seeks to encourage them and comfort them and answer them. He especially hears our deepest longings and dreams, things that we may not vocalize too often, maybe hint to to our spouse. But God knows what are those things. He wants you to know that he is in the trenches with you. I say, I'm going to say it again. He is in the trenches with you. A woman in the Old Testament named Naomi, or I'm sorry, named Hannah. Anybody remember Hannah? Hannah was married to a good man who loved her dearly, and his name was Elkanah. But Hannah was barren, and that had some stigma to it, and couldn't have children for years. She tried, and her husband was so good to her, he'd just bring gifts. And, you know, it was just a bad situation for year. Year after year, she watched other women have children, and it just broke her heart that she couldn't have any children. And instead of growing bitter, though, listen, Instead of growing bitter, she had a perspective that the father was there with her. The father, father was there. The father would hear her prayers. Instead of growing bitter, she went to the Lord in prayer. Every year, 
Uh, this was before the temple was built. There was a tabernacle in Shiloh. And Eli and his sons, who weren't really good priests, but Eli was a, was a good priest. Every year, people would go up. They would give their sacrifices, give their offerings, and, and pray to the Lord. Well, one year, the priest noticed Hannah. And Hannah was just pouring out her heart to God. And this is what the fast and, and prayer is all about. Pray bold prayers for yourself and for others during this fast. Somebody say amen. Pray bold prayers, things that haven't happened in your life that you know is God's will for your life. Pray bold prayers. This is what Hannah did. And Eli noticed her weeping and praying, and her lips were moving, it says, but, but Eli couldn't hear what she was saying. And the Spirit of God was on Eli, and he came up to Hannah, and Hannah was making a vow to God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when you make a vow, I mean, it's deep on the inside. You just don't want to just whimsically make a vow. You're not serious. But when you're serious about something and you want to see it happen and you're willing to fast and pray and believe God, some of you are believing God. You had prayer requests for a, a, a spouse that will love you or a, a, a breakthrough in your finances. Whatever it is, pray bold prayers. Somebody say amen. And this is what she said to God. She said, if you look upon me and remember me, and not forget your maidservant. There was something in her that she knew about God. She knew a secret about God. That God will remember you. God will pause. God will hear. God will look. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems. God is willing to do miracles for you. He, she said, but don't forget your maidservant. I will give my son to you. I will give him to you. I will dedicate him to you. Eli the priest watched Hannah praying in anguish and then approached her and said, go in peace, daughter, after Hannah had explained everything, you know, tears flowing. Go in peace. And the God of Israel, Eli said, grant you your petition, which you have asked of him. Somebody say amen. The point is this. The Lord remembered her. The Lord thought about her. She wasn't so far away from God that he didn't hear her. The Lord heard her and comforted her with a son. And you know who that son became? The great prophet Samuel. Hallelujah. Oh, and you can read the whole book of First and Second Samuel. Somebody say amen. And then God is so good that he gave Hannah more children after that. Somebody shout amen. He meets us at our deepest need. Always be real with God. Can I say that again? Always be real with him. Don't, don't play games. Just get real with God and be happy that he's in your life. Somebody say amen. The Lord wants to comfort you. 
This is the mind of Christ. This is how we are to think. This is what we are to think about when we're going through troubles and struggles and trials. Instead of getting buried under the weight of the struggles and the trouble and all the temptations and all of that and not breaking through soon enough. No, don't think about those things. Think about how much he loves you and he's going to carry you through the problem to the other side. And he's going to, he's going to do double and triple a hundredfold what you even think thought he could do. Somebody say amen. These are the thoughts of Almighty God toward you. But if you give up halfway through the burden, you'll never learn how to operate in faith and believe God for the breakthrough. This is how it was with Israel and the leaders of Israel was so sad. Jesus, remember this? Remember what Jesus said? He was overlooking Jerusalem. This was before uh, the crucifixion and the entrance into Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, and he's speaking to the people. And I can hear him just crying out to God this way. This is kind of like a prayer of his. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How Often I wanted to gather you as children, gather your children together as a hen gathers us into the intimacy here, gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? The Lord's arms are outstretched still, even in our rebellion. See, now's the time to change the way you think and you, the way you see your Heavenly Father. If you don't see your Heavenly Father on your side, you have the wrong perspective. If you don't see Him willing to help you through all of the issues and trials and never give up, never give up. Let me say it again. You never giving up. Amen. Jesus loves to bless and strengthen His people through the trial. If you're resisting Him now, or if you're avoiding him or upset at him because something might not have happened your way or in your time, let me encourage you, repent. Repent of that and run back to your heavenly father and just tell him, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just missed it. I know that your, your gifts and your rewards are without repentance. Lord, would you restore me and restore the faith in me so that I can get through the trial and see the blessing on the other end? I know your thoughts are good to me, Lord. They're good for me and toward me. His thoughts, his good thoughts toward you exceed, listen to this, exceed imagination. That's what Tara was praying and singing about. Psalm 40, verse 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. Listen to this. And your thoughts toward me and toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be more than I could number. Look at your neighbor and say, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Hallelujah. Jesus knew this wonderful truth about his heavenly father. This is why he could just persevere. This is why he just, he just marched right through. You know, when, when the leaders of the Sanhedrin came against him, when Rome came against him, he was at 
total peace and strength because he knew what he was about to accomplish. Do you know your destiny? Do you know God wants to use you to do great things for him? To see souls saved, people healed, people delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew this about the Father in his earthly ministry, and he wants you to know it too. He wants you to think the way he thought, to encourage you in your work for him, in your struggles, in your, in your temptation. And, you know, he faced the same things, by the way, probably even more so than we do. I mean, Jesus was like the target of the powers of the world, the powers of Satan. He was the target. The devil wanted to take him out. And yes, the enemy's targeting me. He's targeting you, but he can't touch you. Why? Because the Father is on your side. Hallelujah! The Father's thoughts toward you and his power toward you. He wants you to press in to seeing miracles. This is how you press into miracles. When you see sickness around you, all the problems, all the things that are, are, are working seemingly against you, maybe even in your finances, listen. If you will take on this mindset of Christ, the Father sees me. He is with me. He is approving of me. Seeing the Father do miracle signs and wonders through him was a big deal to Jesus. It was a big deal to him. He wanted to bring, this is how compassion bubbles up on the inside because the compassion of the Father is, is flowing from the Father's heart to you and through you. See, when you know your heavenly Father is on your side, no weapon formed against you can prosper. No lie of the enemy, no setback, no bad break can can keep you from the Father's destiny. Somebody say amen. The Lord is going to uh, raise you up. You are not going to stay down when you get knocked down. I'm almost done. Hold on. Woo, I love this. See, Jesus wants you to press through. And when you know that the Father is just, he, he's, he has thoughts toward me. He's always thinking about me, building me up, helping me. I, can, I, I, I rejoice. And see, he sent the Holy Spirit. Everybody say he sent the Holy Spirit as the supplier of his comfort and of his encouragement. Look at what it says in John 14, verse 16. He says, I will pray to the Father, Jesus said, and he shall give you another comforter. You, my friends, he will give you a comforter that you may abide, that he may abide in you forever. See, if you and I are going to think like Jesus, we must think of the Father this way. Listen, he is good. And he does not change. He is loving and he is kind and he is benevolent. I don't know how the world thinks of him, some mean God, but he is intimate. And he will comfort us at our deepest level of need. He will encourage us at our deepest level of discouragement. The Father has always been this way. I hear people say all the time, well, you know, it's almost like, Two different gods, the God of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament. Well, that's not true. Same God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at what it says. 
in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is how God has always been. Not to burn you out, not to blow up things in your face, not to pull the rug out from underneath you, but to give you a future and a hope because that's the deepest longing of our heart, that me and my wife will, will grow old together. Me and my husband, if you're not my husband, but your husband, we'll grow old together. Come on, somebody. Amen? This is how he thinks of us. Jesus thinks about you and me this way. His friends, look at your neighbor say, you're a friend of God. You're a friend of God. You're a friend of God. I don't feel like a friend of God. You didn't hear what I said this morning when I woke. Yes, you're still a friend of God. Get that out of your heart. Somebody say amen. How precious, 139, Psalm 139, 17. Again, how precious also are your thoughts toward me, O God. How great is the sum of them. The Lord's thoughts are so deep. Let me, everybody say, how deep are they, Pastor Randy? <laughs> how deep are they? I mean, his, his good thoughts toward you are so deep that he was thinking about you and me before we were born. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. Jeremiah 1, listen to this. Now, this just wasn't for Jeremiah. This is for all God's children. He knit us together in our, father, in our mother's womb, not our father, with the help of our father. But Jeremiah 1, verse 5, says this, before I formed, listen to this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What? How does that even happen? This ought to, this ought to perk you up. What, Lord? Wait a second. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I set you apart for my glory and my purpose and my fame. I set you apart. I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Somebody say amen. Give him praise. Hallelujah. See, Jeremiah needed to hear this. Jared, this was the very first chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is going through a whole catharsis in his brain. I don't think I can do this. I'm, I'm, I'm a youth. What can I do? How can I be a prophet? How can, what can I do in Israel? Nobody's going to listen to me. All of the insecurities that all of us have when God begins to work in our life. The devil comes. He tries to steal the word of God, tries to discourage us. And God gave him this word. I formed you and I knew you and I've ordained you. Somebody say amen. Jesus thinks about his friends. He's always seeking to encourage you. So step into that encouragement. How do, what's happening today, Lord? You know, this is really discouraging me, but I'm just going to step into your encouragement and your comfort, and I'm going to have answers because I have the mind of Christ, and I'm going to think about things the way you think about them. Simon Peter. Everybody knows Simon Peter? Simon Peter, uh, he had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, but he was about to have the worst night of his life. 
And there's nothing like the worst night of your life, but it was about to happen. And so Jesus uh, said to Peter, basically, you know, he, Jesus knew that, that Peter was going to deny him, that, he, there were, he, that Jesus knew that he would be betrayed by, by one of his disciples. He knew that he was going to be beaten. He knew that he was going to be arrested and then crucified the next day. And Jesus knew that Simon Peter, his strongest disciple, his best friend, basically, the, the one who said, Lord, you know, if they come, we're going to, I'm going to take up a sword. He cut, he cut the high priest's servant's ear off. And then Jesus healed the servants that put away your sword, Peter. This isn't the time. Somebody say amen. This, I mean, this is Peter, his best friend. And so Simon, Simon didn't realize what was about to happen. But Jesus knew that he would deny him three times. His best friend would deny him three times. This would devastate. This night was going to devastate Peter, but what does Jesus do? He doesn't berate him. He doesn't say, look, you know, you just need to go back to fishing, man. I can't use you anymore. No, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus knew that Satan was going to attack Peter. Jesus knew that Peter was a key to all that he wanted to do in the world. And that's the way he looks at you. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Chapter 22, verse 31 in Luke, he says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, listen to this. You don't think you're high level? Peter didn't think he was high level in Satan's sights and Satan's target. But listen to what he says. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Notice this, but I have prayed for you. Somebody say that. I have prayed. Did you know he's the great intercessor? He is praying right now for you and for me. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail. Why? Because I got a mission for you. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Somebody say amen. What a friend the Lord is. What a friend he is. And what a friend we should be to him. We should be loyal and dedicated to him and to his house. We should never deny him. He's always speaking. And I'm telling you, there may be something tomorrow that just bursts your bubble. You may come off of this Sunday morning, you're, you're, you're just floating, and something just bursts your bubble, and the next thing you know, you're just down mully grubbing again. I, will, I don't want you to do that. You need to listen to this sermon again. Somebody say Amen. One of the greatest reasons the Lord comforts and encourages you is so that it's just not for your benefit, but like Peter, you are destined to encourage and strengthen your brethren. Look around you. Look around you. Look around. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to love you and say, there is a God in heaven who loves you and cares about you and going to build you up. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. I know I told you I was going to close, but I'm almost there. I'm going to land this plane. It says this, let us consider, that is, think about one another 
Amen. God's thinking about me. He's going to take care of me. So how can I take care of someone else? How can I take care of the church? How can I reach out into the community? How can I help Pastor Kathy serve this wonderful community of ours? How can I reach people? All of those things. Look, this is the mind of Christ. Notice what he says. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Everybody look at each other and look at one another and say, you are assembled together today. (laughs) So you are actually fulfilling this scripture. You are stirring up love by being here. As the manner of some, see, some just, they don't, they don't value what Jesus, they don't think about what Jesus thinks about. They don't value what Jesus values. And Jesus values the assembly. Why? Because it's his church. It's his friends. It's us. We are gathered in his name and he is in the midst of us. And that's why he does miracles. And that's why he answers prayer. And that's why he's moving with power. Somebody say amen. Amen. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the return of the Lord, the rapture of his church and the end of the age. And so, did you know your presence in the assembly today is a powerful way that you can stir up faith in the friends of God? Amen. Amen. Especially the leaders and the pastors. I love that you're here. I would be so discouraged if you weren't here today. I'd be hanging my head. I'd be going home mully-grubbing. I, wouldn't even, I may not even watch the bangles if you weren't here today. I don't even know. That's, I, would, I would really be down. Come on. See, when you consider the friends of God, and every single one of you are friends of God, when you consider to stir them up in love, when you stir up good works, that's what our announcements are all about. That's what the worship team is supposed to do. That's what I'm here to do, stir up love and good works. The first thing that I think about in doing that is, Lord, how can I get as many people to come to Life Church as possible? so that I can use my gift and encourage people and tell them that the Father is for them, that the Father wants to help them. Don't believe the lie that he doesn't. See, when you assemble with the friends of God and you give, you give your offering, you give your tithe, when you pray, when you praise, when you serve, when you sacrifice, you are signaling to heaven and to hell and all the friends of God that you think about what Jesus thinks about. And that is his friends. You think about his friends. You not only think about him, and it's wonderful to think. I think about him all the time, but I think about his friends too. You are his friends. But you also think about your pastors and your church and his people and his, his, this community and how we can reach this community. This is why Satan does everything he can to keep you in the assembly of the warm pillow and blanket every Sunday morning. And then on Wednesday, the comfy couch and the television. And, you know, this is how he keeps you from, from gathering. This is why Satan went after Peter, not just those reasons, but he went after Peter. See, when God 
answers you about healing and deliverance like he did Regina and Gary? I mean, did that not encourage you last week when Regina gave that testimony? I mean, I heard that testimony. Well, we're going to have it edited. You've got to hear it. It's amazing. Or your financial blessings when he answers and he comforts you. What does it do? Uh, It encourages and comforts us. I love to hear about answers that you receive. It's not about me why I'm doing this. It's about you and hearing all the good things that God does. It breathes life into your neighbor when you walk out and say, I'm going to pray for you this week. Will you believe with me as well? Because you're a friend of God, God is going to answer you. Many will say when, you, when they hear this, when they come into the, this assembly, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. If God answered them, he can answer me. This is what we're doing with the God of Miracles billboard. Because God is doing so many miracles, we still got a half dozen more that we got to put up. But I'm telling you, God is moving, and we want to encourage our community with this message as a church. Come on up here, worship team. We're reaching. We're touching. Because we have been comforted, we want to comfort others. We don't want to, you know, cause people any pain, any more pain than what they're already going through with some religious message that doesn't make any sense to them. They just reject it. But if they know about the Father who loves them, who sent his Son to give his life, to rise again, he sent his Holy Spirit and he's raised up a church that loves them and wants to help them, even to the detail that that we can give food to hundreds of families every month, whomever, whatever, whatever it takes. Somebody say amen. Since God the Father has comforted us, He's blessed us. And by the way, yes, we're going to see the entire campus, 14 acres, give praise to God. We love our tenants, but they're going to go away. We're going to build out. We're going to see the hand of God. We're going to do it all. We're going to do it all. Why? Because the Lord wants to make a statement. This is my beloved. These are my people. These are my friends. I've asked the worship team. Are they up here yet? Oh, hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. All right. That's how I talk to little Eva. She loves that high-pitched voice from Grandpa. Oh, I love you, sweetie. You are so sweet. Ooh. I mean, she loves that. She just smiles. And little Eden, I was doing the same thing to Eden yesterday. She, she was just smiling. Uh, Juliana was holding her. I said, hey there, you sweet. I mean, I love that. I am a grandpa. I tell you, I love it. I mean, you forget once you raise your kids how, how you miss all the goo-goo and gaga. You know what I'm saying? I just wonder how much the Father loves us. I just stagger at it. I can't imagine it. See, Pastor Randy, I've gone through some really, really bad things. I lost my mom. She's in heaven today. Friends, loved ones, cousins. And life is painful. But I'm not going to give up on God. I'm going to preach to the living. I'm going to say God is good. And he's good all the time. It's the devil that's bad. 
It's you that are going to advance. It's you that God is going to work through. You're going to share it with others. You're going to help others. I want you to stand with me. There's a great song. I, I told Tara, I said, Tara, can you do this song at the end of the service? Can you do this song? It's by Israel Houghton. I am a friend of God. I want some of you to get out. I want you to shout a little bit, grab a banner, dance a little bit, bring those lights down so we're not too embarrassed about how we dance. But you know, God doesn't. You're not embarrassed because God sees it. He loves it. He loves it. Come on. I want some I want some praisers up here. Come on. Come on up here. Get on up here. Hallelujah. Who's going to be the first one? Who's going to break the ice? Lisa. Ah. See, you've just come through some real battles. You've been pressed. You've been pressed on every Ah, Holly, come on. I know there's things happening. The devil's trying to sift you and Debbie, uh, Trina, all. He's trying to sift some of you, but you are a friend of God. God is working in you. Some of you, you feel like you came depressed today. You're not going to leave the same way. God is going to lift you up. You're a friend of God. The devil's under your feet. You're triumphing in every way. He's working. He's opening doors. He's giving you promotion. He's got things for you you can't see yet. Shout! Oh, come on, let's dance. Come on, Tara. Hey!